Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. Hope you're having a wonderful day as we continue to talk about the Word of God and how it can help us in the area of education. Our children's, but maybe yours as well. Exciting verses that we have today as we talk about, starting with Proverbs chapter 1. Now, the book of Proverbs was written from a father to his son to help him know how to live a good life. Parents, you ought to be teaching the Proverbs to your children. And as you teach them, you learn a lot yourself about how you should be living your life and maybe re-educating yourself along the line. Is that right? Boy, I sure that's been my journey as I've studied the book of Proverbs. God has so much to teach us. And in the very, very beginning, he gives us the foundation of a good education. That's right, right in the book of Proverbs, in the ancient book of the Bible that has stood the test of time, he tells us right at the beginning what, how to have a good education, good knowledge. And we'll look at that in Proverbs 1, verse 7, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So a lot of, a lot of insight here. The fear of God is the start. That's the foundation. You know, you can't, if, if you try and build a structure and you don't have a good foundation, it's going to fall down. The more you build upon it, it's going to fall down. The more pressure that's upon it, if the foundation's not there, that structure will fall down. We're the same way. If our foundation is not solid, As the pressures of life grow upon us, as we grow up in life, uh, the foundation cracks, the foundation gives way, we fall down. And indeed, we see this so many people, they don't have a foundation, like they, they built their house on the sand, shall we say, is the way Jesus put it, instead of upon the rock. And our foundation has got to be the fear of the Lord. Now, There's another verse along the same lines. Proverbs 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Three words that come out, this trilogy in Proverbs comes out over and over again. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Knowledge is information. You want to have that information. You want to know the truth, okay? You want to, but understanding means that you you understand it. You 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 know how that truth is to work together with other truths. You don't take things isolated out of context with other information. You understand what you're learning. It's not just kind of head knowledge that you could repeat on a test, but you you get it. You get it, and. And wisdom is the application of that knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is learning to see life from God's perspective and therefore how to, uh, how to apply the knowledge and information in my life. Many times in our a child's education, they're given all kinds of knowledge with no wisdom. People say, you know, education is about reading, writing, and arithmetic. I think it's a lot more than that. Education, really, you've got to see it. It has to do with understanding life, who you are, 
who God is, what is your place in this world? Education has to do with your calling. It has to do with understanding your worldview. It has to do with knowing our past, how we want to shape our future. These are all parts of education. Certainly, you want to know the basics of how to read and write and how to do your math if, if a calculator or computer is not handy. But these are things, yes, these technical skills, but education has to do with, with so much more than that. And it starts with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. If you want these, you've got to start with the fear of God. Well, what in the world's the fear of the Lord then? What does this mean? Are we supposed to be scared of God? What's it, what's it mean to fear the Lord? We're going to, maybe in coming weeks, we may look at this in more detail because there's so many incredible promises about it. But for now, let's just call it, there's three elements to it. Number one, yes, there is the word terror. Terror. To be scared. There's an element to which a person should realize that if they, there should be a certain scaredness. It's kind of like if you've committed a crime and gotten caught, you're scared. I have a fear of the policeman. Not normally. I don't see a policeman and run and hide and, or scare or get, you know, but if I'm doing, if I'm speeding down the road and I see a police car, my heart beats a little faster. If I'm, if I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing and probably speeds about it for me that a police would be concerned about, but if I'm doing something I'm not doing, uh, I don't want to see a policeman because why they can arrest me. And indeed we are sinners and our children should understand that, that with God, there is an offense towards God and there ought to be an appropriate fear that, Oh my goodness, I have violated what God says. This is the beginning of, a, of knowledge and wisdom and understanding to a proper recognition of who I am in comparison to God. He's holy, and I'm not. He's righteous, and I've fallen short. I failed. This is important that people understand this. It involves respect. It involves uh, the knowledge that God is God, and I'm not. Let me say it again. This is one of the most important things that a person needs to understand in our day, and a lot don't. God is God, and I am not God. Many people don't get that. They think God and them are equals. Many think they can, they're greater than God. The root of idolatry is I can define God the way I want to. I can make him in my own image rather than a respect and approaching God out of respect that he's in charge, he's God, he's the creator, he's the king, I'm not. And the third aspect of the fear of God is reverence and awe, reverence at his power, reverence at his perfection, being in awe of his beauty, being in awe of his, his intelligence. Do you ever, if you're ever around someone who's like brilliant or incredibly talented at something, you can just kind of be in awe when you, like you hear a, a, someone sing beautifully or you see a beautiful piece of art or you or you encounter someone who's just brilliant and you're you reverence you're in awe you wow and and indeed the greatest of humans aren't even close to god i mean come on 
you see some great artists. Did they make the world? Did they make a flower? Did they make the birds? Did they make an eagle? Did they make, you know, the, the mountains? Did they make a sunset? To be, when we see these works of the Lord in the creation of the world, when we see the, you know, we, we, we get pretty excited about the information on the, on the, you know, that's available to us in this information age, but just stop and think like one DNA and all the information that's in there. That's amazing. It should cause us to stand in awe and reverence of God. This is the beginning to have this, this understand. I'm, I'm fearful because I know I've fallen short. I respect God. He's God, not me. And he's awesome. He's holy. He's perfect in every way. He's so much greater than not only me, but the greatest of anyone I've ever met. This is the foundation that a young person needs to begin to live life with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Now you say, well, shouldn't we be teaching our children the love of God? Yes, we should be. But the foundation is the fear of God. The love of God is the end. All right? We start with the fear of God. We hope to end with the love of God. When you leave out the fear of God and you just teach the love of God without the reverence for the Lord, uh, it's so easy for a, a, a person, young or old, child or adult, to think, you know, kind of the world revolves around me. I'm so special. And to not catch the awe of the love of God. The love of God, that what makes it powerful is to realize we don't deserve it. What makes it powerful is to realize I'm not being accepted by my equal. I'm being accepted by someone who had the right to judge me. Someone who, is in, who knows everything about me, who knows my innermost thoughts, who knows every hair on my head. When we understand and have a reverence for God, a respect for God, a deep understanding that he's the almighty and I'm not, then suddenly the love of God has power to it. And I want to encourage you, teach your children the fear of God so that the love of God will be magnificent and the love of God will be powerful. And it is. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The love of God is the result of that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Now, in our modern day education, we don't have the fear of God. We have what's called humanism. Humanism says that man is the measure of all things. The fear of God creates humility before God, and it says in Proverbs, it creates a hatred of evil. Humanism that says man is the measure of all things, it's an ancient Greek philosophy, it says, it basically says, there is no God. I, me, my values, my feelings, my understanding, how I see things, that is exalted above all. And that is the truth that, that, that that's considered what's true. And so now my feelings are greater than God. There is no God to tell me what's right and wrong. And there are no moral absolutes if man and me is the measure of all things. I decide these things. That's humanism. And this is what's being taught in our culture today. When God is left out of education... God ought to be central. He's the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. 
And when God is left out or ignored because he's just irrelevant. And that's the way, you know, I know parents get are getting all upset these days about critical race theory being taught, about LGBT stuff being taught, about the sex ed in the schools, about all these different things that are being taught that are upsetting to parents. They don't want their children taught some of these things. And, and what's maybe even worse than those proactive things are being taught is that God's just left out altogether. He doesn't even show up. He's not there. I've shared before how when I went to Disneyland years ago, and Disneyland, of course, is like in Disney World, it's like this utopia. It's like a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful world, and everything's fun and happy and good. And and what struck me as I left there, there was no mention of God anywhere. Oh, there was pirates raping girls and taking loot and treasure, and there was there was you know, wizards and and there was there's certain spirituality there, but no mention of God. He's just left out. And so, my friends, sometimes when we think humanism, man, the measure of all things, simply says God's irrelevant. We ignore him. He might not even be there. So why live as if he is? Those wizards, yeah, they're probably there. Those witches, they're there. But God, no. And this is rejecting the fear of the Lord. It's a bad foundation. It's a foundation that will crumble. It will not work. And so in our educations, we think of educating our children, the fear of the Lord must be foundational, the respect, the honor for God Almighty. Now, I just want to say something quickly. You can't impart what you don't possess. And so when we talk about teaching this to our kids, do you have it? Do you have the fear of God? Do you have this reverence for God? Do you have this a terror at the idea of, dis, uh, of disobeying him? Often in our modern evangelical culture, we have that, eh, God forgives me. I'm under the blood. I'm okay. God understands. He knows I can't be perfect. Until Jesus comes back, you know, I'm, I'm going to stumble. We all stumble many ways. And we can take sin very lightly. Don't be surprised then if your children take sin very lightly. In some of our education, sin is celebrated. Don't be surprised if your kids celebrate it as well, if that's the education they're receiving. No, let's restore the fear of God the respect for God, the awe of God, the terror of disappointing him and failing him. This makes the blood of Christ and the salvation of Christ significant. God is not just the man upstairs. He's not just our buddy that we can relax and just kind of put our feet up on the couch and hang out with God. He's the king of the universe. He's willing to accept you. He's willing to love you. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to, to live in you. You don't deserve one bit of it. It's create, when you understand this, it creates humility and the love of God. Amen? Father in heaven, we bless you today, and we praise you, and we stand in awe of you. There is none like you. There is none like you anywhere. There is none that are as holy, as intelligent, as wise, as powerful you are the creator of all that is seen and unseen. Lord, we discover things with our education and our 
our science, we discover the world you created, and we stand in awe of the intelligence that created that made it. We thank you for your great love. We thank you for your 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 great perfections. Oh, we honor you. Help us, Lord, to have these front and center in our own lives. Help us not to become so comfortable with our forgiveness that we don't realize that you're the king of the universe. And help us to impart this to our children, that they might grow up with true knowledge, true wisdom, true understanding. How we pray for this. We pray for the next generation. We pray they would not be idolaters that just remake God in their own image in a God that they're comfortable with, but they see for who you are. And Lord, you it is terrifying. We think of the mighty prophets. We think of anyone who ever saw you or even an angel. They fell down on their face in fear and trembling. But then you would lift them up and offer forgiveness, salvation, calling, and purpose. Lord, we bless you. We thank you what an awesome God you are. And we give you this day to glorify you in all that we do.